You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, we're back. Celtics are close to on the clock. John Zanish, Gerard Blakely here. Um, Celtics draft special. I guess this is it. They <laughs> nothing has nothing special. Nothing special. Why would we call it a special? I have no idea. It's special. I mean, you know, you and I are here. That makes it special. That makes it special. You're right. You know, you're right. Um, so uh, you know, we're here, we're hanging out. Um, there's some some people here waiting. Uh Bobby Manning is also here. We're gonna bring him in in a second. Um, and uh you know, there's quite a few people on Bobby's little big board that's still available. So we'll talk about that as well um, as we kind of get a little bit closer here. Um, let's bring in Bobby as well. What's up, Bobby? Hey, Bobby. No, not working. No. Nope. That's why you got to get here early. Um, <laughs> um, sorry. We'll try to welcome Bobby back in a little bit. Celtics are close. Um, to picking here. I think we are at 43. Is that correct? Yeah, I think 43 was the last one off the board. Greg no, four, Brown the third. Greg Brown the third. So we are close. Uh, and as we said, a couple people uh, here that we talked about um, still left. Bobby's probably going to have to log off and back in and see if he can get in. But some guys there are interesting. Uh, among them, uh, Cooper, who, uh, you know, uh, there's a bit of a uh, this is a guy who had a draft party. He's kind of hanging out. Um, and, uh, you know, hanging out way longer than he probably thought. Hanging he out way out. longer. This is one of those guys that really is starting to wonder, like, why did I listen to everybody who said I was going in the first round? Why the hell did I friggin? Why did I go into this draft? You know? Uh, and, and that's what's happening here. Uh, once again, I don't, I'm not sure if Bobby can hear, but Bobby, you probably got to leave and come back because we can't hear. You're not when you talk, we can't hear you. So that's why you're not in the room right now. Um, so uh yeah, anyone else there you like that's still available, Sherrod? I like the, I mean the Cooper kid is is good. And and you look at his position, he's a playmaker. That's certainly something that the Celtics, when they're looking at talent, he has to be in the mix. Bobby's back. I mean now. There you go. 
All right. Yeah. So Bobby, so who do you get? You still got some people here, Sherrod, who, who were you talking about? And we'll talk no, about, I, I mean, I like the Cooper kid. I, I think he'd be a, a good addition, but I, I'm a big fan of the Reeves kid from Oklahoma. Uh, I, I just, I'm a, I don't know what it is about Austin Reeves, but I really like his game. I like his toughness. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, the, the games that I've saw him play, uh, was against Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham, and I thought he more than held his own against the number one pick in the draft. So uh, that's a guy that I really, really like. Yeah, and Bobby, yes. uh, we've lost Thor here. Um, <laughs> well, unbelievably enough, I can't believe uh, Sharif Cooper's here. I, like, he was... And Sharif Cooper is the one you didn't even put on your board right. because you assume he's not going to be there, and he's the guy... Now Celtics fans are starting to salivate a little because it's like, okay... What do you like more than being able to pick in the middle of the second round and get a guy who many people had as a first round talent? That's always the dream, right? You know, the guy who slid, the guy who has. No, this whatever. is what we talked about earlier. Why not shoot for the home run here? There's real concerns about Cooper. I I expected him to slide in the first round, but here we are at 45. I can't believe it. Right. I mean, this guy was 19 on Kevin O'Connor's board. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean is this is a guy who most people had as a top 20 talent um, mm -hmm. who's there. Celtics are not quite on the clock, but they will be shortly. Um, and, uh, and, and again, let's see where we are here. 43 is Brown. We still don't have 44. 44 was uh, my number Kessler. one guy, Kessler Edwards. Kessler. Okay, yep. so that's that. So right now the Celtics are on the clock, and this guy uh, is available. Uh, you know, Sharif Cooper. So this is a, a – Right now, obviously, Celtics fans are pulling hard in one direction, and this appears to be the one. Yeah, uh, so he's a little undersized, six one. Um, you know, above sixty, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah he's, he's really small. Um, obviously, shined in high school. He's close with the guy I really liked last year, Isaac Okora, who's in Cleveland now. Um, they both kind of came up under his dad, who's running like a little agency out there in Atlanta. All their guys went out to Auburn. Um, he had some eligibility issues at Auburn, so he didn't play a ton there. And he's a phenomenal passer, but the question's the shot. He was 22% from three, 39% at the field at Auburn. Uh, you know, gritty defender, I'd say. He... He's kind of Kemba-like in the positionally and uh, compete-wise, he's sound, but again, really small. But he does project to be a really, really good passer, uh, maybe even elite. And that's kind of what the Celtics need right now, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of a, in a lot of ways, he's But they took like Juhan Begarin. Juhan All right. He was um, – he was my bonus pick on my uh So everyone right earlier. now, there's a lot of crying in Celtics Nation. You had a shot at that guy that slid, and every NBA analyst is like, wow, I can't believe that guy is there. Celtics had a chance to get him. And so this did is the not. drafting stash. This guy's from Paris. Yeah, so uh, tell us about what you know here, Bobby. So his, so he's playing in Paris. Uh, has obviously been playing overseas for quite a while now. Um, he's from... Uh, some island in the Caribbean and moved to France in his teenage years to go play professionally over there. Um, yeah. He's a wing type, right? Uh, more of a, a uh, yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. of a good comparison. His length is off the charts. I think he's got like seven three, seven four length here. Yeah. Um, explosive in transition, tall, uh, just tons of burst and athleticism. But he won't be coming over here for a few years, I'd imagine. Um, he's very raw. He's he's got a solid 
floor on his shot. I watched a lot of tape on him earlier because he was in my video as the top draft and stash option in the second round. Um, but he's not going to project to be part of this team for a little while. He's got a decent amount of way to go on both ends of the floor. Um, and him playing professionally overseas gives the Celtics a really good opportunity to kick this down the line. Yeah, and again, six four, six five, a seven foot wingspan. Um, That's very so, George Hill like. You when, know, when you talk about having that type of you know wing position. I really struggled to pronounce his name on the video earlier, John. You're gonna have to go watch it. It was yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> How do you it, pronounce it? I, I'm gonna go with Bejarin or Begarin, but I don't no, know the first name. Oh, I had. I'm just looking at Juhan here. I mean, I'm, I was I'm going go like for... I was going Spanish, like Juan. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you know, they'll probably say it on the broadcast here. But uh, again, you know, by all accounts, um, NBA level athleticism. You know, uh, but he has a nine foot standing reach. His his know, arms are really long. Uh, you know, incredible. as it is, elite physical skills, but. Um, you know, the game needs refinement. And we talked about it prior to the draft, you know, draft and stash, um, you know, from this position might be an option, particularly, you know, because you have people under, you have people to fill roster spots who are whatever. Uh, and you have, you know, some flexibility. Again, we'll see what they do with a lot of their moves to sign somebody uh, into a mid-level. You have TPE. You have you could add some veteran players there to that roster that already has. You at least know, barring trade, Neesmith, Romeo, Pritchard. You know, uh, you know Mo Brown. You have a lot of younger players on here. So again, what are you going to do with another rookie that has to make the team? I think the draft and stash makes sense here. Um, but again, what is the um, what you know? What are they missing out here by not taking uh, Cooper? Well, I, I think that they're they're looking to add more experience in the backcourt. I, I think they they've looked they've they've kind of gone through this trial and error with young, undersized guards. I mean, he's not that much bigger than Tremont Waters. In fact, I think Tremont Waters probably is a little bit more solidly built. And Tremont, you know, when he came to the Celtics. He was an SEC Defensive Player of the Year, right. uh, despite his size. So I, I think that there are certain there are a lot of questions. And for the Celtics, do you really want to roll the dice on a guy who has a lot of I think physical question marks versus taking a guy that you can stash away who, from a physical standpoint, is everything you're looking for going forward, and you're able to get that in the middle of the second round? So I, it 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 makes a lot of sense for the Celtics to go with our good friend from France. Yeah. yeah, they don't want youth to be part of their rotation next year. They want to get a little bit older, as we've seen. They were looking at Nigel Hayes overseas, who obviously has seasoned his game a little bit more since college. Yeah, um, and but other, agents, other names, other they don't names have a lot there. of roster spots. There were other names there, Weisskamp, uh, Johnson, Boston. He was, Weisskamp was picked before them. Oh, Weisskamp yeah. went before? Yeah. My yeah. bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, Boston was still out there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had a horrible year at Kentucky. Uh, he might go undrafted, frankly. Don't forget about Massey, who's been like it's it's crazy to think about Charles Massey just a couple of years ago it was like possible lottery pick, and now he may not even get drafted. Oh my god, the way this shifts in a few years is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Especially with these young guys, you just never really know. Like they're so early in their development, like look you're going off like 20 games in a college season. It's it's tough. I mean, look at a guy like Isaiah Todd who's a second round pick. I mean, when you uh, yes, you made some money being in a G League, but damn, if how much Deshaun next, 
you're talking about undrafted with him out of that G League camp. Right. Yeah. But yeah, um, I got some notes here on Juhan. Uh, obviously, the nine, nearly nine foot standing reach. He's 215 pounds, so he already has a really chiseled, powerful frame. You'll get some semi vibes there. Um, gets to the rim a ton, but he only shot 50% there last year, which isn't great. Uh, but he's got a wide array of footwork moves, Euro steps, tons of control and speed on the transition runs. He's great in transition, gets above the rim on lobs. Um, 34% catch and shoot threes last year, which isn't great. And he's a 60% free throw shooter. So yeah. the shot has a long way to go. The only other bad thing you hear about him too, great tools defensively, but doesn't really use them. Gets lost a bit off the ball. Um, doesn't have a great feel for defense and like doesn't coaching. have, doesn't have much craft handle on the ball you know he's very raw as a ball handler and it is interesting at this point who's going to slip you got 15 picks till you're slipping into undrafted free agent and at least a handful of players that people thought were curious uh and possible selections here at 45 so you could end up with potential um undrafted free agent that somebody people were looking at um that they might have uh you know taken a swing at here um at 45 so again nobody who's going to make a difference um here this year uh, i don't mind the draft and stash pick because again I'll, at this point what are you looking for you're taking you're trying to it's a lottery ticket you're trying to hit a home run here you know you want to i'll always take the guy with the elite physical you know I'll, I'll take this guy over i don't mean to trash him but over a grant williams type a guy who played productively at the college level but you know their ceiling is what it's going to be because they're there physically- was- there was a prospect in this draft compared to Grant, and you got scared for a minute that, oh, are they going to go in that kind it's of coming. direction again? But <laughs> you ha- so, so those, Bobby, we joked about it before. You, you, you said, what, what do you do here? I, the worst type of pick to me would have been the fill the need this guy can play and I can stick him into next year's roster and as the 11th or 12th guy. Those do nothing for you. You can find those guys all over the place. Like to me, I'd always you're taking a swing here. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be super risky when you're picking in the top ten. But when you're picking forty five, sure, yeah, take an athletic guy, high upside, stash him, see what he comes back uh, and what he can what he can be for you. I think that that's perfectly fine, particularly somebody who you think might also have some offensive upside. So. Fine. Totally fine with the pick here. Um, I don't know enough about Cooper to know whether or not this one's going to be a bad miss for them. Dozens of teams agreed with the Celtics. But a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people saw it that way too. So when a guy slides, it's one of those things where every NBA analyst who had him higher is like, what's everyone doing? And every team is like, yeah, none of us like this guy, but you guys like him for some reason. And it appears that Cooper is that guy. So, um, you know, and he may that, very well wind up in a cell on a Celtic summer league roster. <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> you just never know. Yeah. You just never know. Um, so that's one thing. And again, um, you know, there wasn't anything big and splashy. Uh, but what was super interesting that happened uh, an hour or so ago is a report that uh, coming from Shams uh, that uh, the Lonzo Ball market, you know, is 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 definitely something to watch among the teams we've heard that were interested. We we know. Um, you know, Chicago, 
uh, and there's a couple teams interested, but uh, Shams threw Boston in there really high on the list of teams that are looking at Lonzo. And this is something we've tried to figure out how it works. Cap gymnastics up against the hard cap. What do you have the flexibility to do if you're able to do this? You know, how exactly do you make this work? And this is a guy we talked about for a trade deadline acquisition. This is a guy I talked about as a potential offseason target if they can make it work. Um how do you make this work for the Celtics if you're the Celtics? Well, he threw a number out there, which is good. 21, 22 million. That's sure. fair from what we were expecting. So if you trade Smart and Thompson, uh, you'll not only match that, but you'll save about 4 million on top of it too. So obviously you're hard capped if you sign and trade for ball. Um, and you're currently about 20 million under the hard cap. And that would bring you about like $24 million if you did a deal like that. Smart, Thompson. Obviously, you'd have to you know, send picks for ball and to dump Thompson in that scenario. Uh, so doesn't seem very likely. Obviously, they'd probably want a young player too or something like that. But I'm looking at Toronto, who he mentioned too. You know, obviously they kept their point guard slot open by not drafting Jalen Suggs. Yeah. Uh, they drafted a wing who could have possibly paired with ball in this kind of setup here. And we obviously know that the Pelicans are pretty fixated on adding Kyle Lowry to their roster. So all signs point toward Toronto for me. Cooper goes yeah. 48 to Atlanta, by the way. So there, there's that. He's uh, from Atlanta. That's a good good setup for him. Yeah, so so, so you got that. Um, I don't know. What, is this, given what you think you might have to move around and what it's going to do for you financially, is this, a, and again, what it, what it means for any potential Beal um, you know, pursuit. And, and again, everyone says, oh, you make a move, you sign certain people, you, you spend money elsewhere, you go up against the cap, Beal's off the table. Yes and no, he is sort of off the table in terms of how we think the Celtics want to get it done, but he's not off the table if you're talking about trading Jalen Brown. So there's still a world in which the Celtics fill out their roster however they want it. And if they decide they want Beal, it's a Jalen for Beal swap. Um, and that's that. That's what it becomes. And I'm not saying do it, but I'm saying that's the path to doing it. If you go out there and you spend money on a guy like Lonzo or you re-sign Evan or you do whatever, yeah, you're out of the Beal sweepstakes next offseason, which means the only way you get him is 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 trading Jalen. So um, that's where they would be at. And again, I'm not sure whether that's something that uh, you want to do. I know a lot of Celtics fans don't want to make that move. You want to get him without giving up. Um you know, one of your prized possessions, but I think that's where it's headed. If the Celtics start to, like we said, we're going to find out pretty quick what the Celtics plan to do because they're either going to go in and we're, start to build kinda, this roster yeah. and you're kind of there. Yeah. We're where we started this off season. You got to make yeah. the choice now if you're going to do that free agent pursuit and then out yeah. the roster. Uh, it's Monday. It's Monday. <laughs> are you making a move for Evan? Are you are you making offer sheets? Are you trying to make, they, you're, either so in the game, you're either in the game trying to get people or you're, or you're out. Yeah. So Toronto's one of those teams that could have made a run at Fournier. Bringing ball in, in their case, would take them out of making a sizable offer there. The Knicks traded two first to keep their books clean tonight. I doubt they're offering Fournier a big contract. Spurs were never going to be that kind of team. And then the only team left that you're looking at with cap space out there would be the Hornets. So here we are again. <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets going to fry another Celtics free agent away from them. That's the only team that I can picture doing it at this point. And if not, Charlotte, you might be able to keep Fournier for very, you might be able to keep Fournier for very cheap. 
And that's the goal. I mean, I, I think that that's that's the blueprint. If you can get Fournier at a reasonable number, but it's going to involve someone else making a move ahead of you. Fournier, someone has to blink, and the Fournier, Celtics have to be ready to pounce on whoever is still left standing whenever that team blinks. And I, you know, Fournier again. I, I have no issue with bringing Fournier back, but I need if I'm going to bring him back. It has to be at a reasonable number that doesn't handcuff us going forward. Uh, and I and I think that if Lonzo, for example, is moved to Toronto uh, and and Charlotte somehow gets involved in, and does some things, and Fournier is kind of left out there, you know, looking to get paid, then we got something to work with. Then we're yeah. able to. You're if you're the Celtics, you're able to get him at a number that works for you. It works for him because it, it'll give him that long-term stability, which from what I gather he's looking for is he wants to get paid like all of us do. But I think for him, it's the number of years that's just as important as the actual per annual salary. Yeah. So for the Celtics, that's, that's okay. If you can get that number low enough to where you feel comfortable giving him maybe three or four years. And again, you do because there's you, the, the, the value over replacement, there's not the next guy down from Fournier is much worse than Evan Fournier. So again, the talent on your roster takes a massive hit. If you don't bring him back, that's the upshot to bring back Fournier. But you know, it all comes down to, are you trying to save up for something bigger? You know, you want, and if that's the case, it that's the only reason not to re-sign him from a straight on the court talent perspective. I mean, anybody who watched the USA France game is reminded is like, this guy's a very talented player. And again, we kind of saw so little of it because just as he ramped up a little bit and you're like, whoa, they but got something here, flashes. COVID, like, and then he goes away and he comes back and he's like, I'm a mess, man. You know, like you, we saw so little of what Fournier could do. And then you see him, you know, playing against the best players in the world and he looked like one of the best players in the court and you're reminded, oh, yeah, he has a lot of skill, you know, like so they, they don't have anybody on the roster that can even come close to simulating what he does, you know. Um, so you don't resign him. You're much worse. Uh, you're much worse. Uh, you do resign him. You're – this is the this is the dilemma. You're you're likely out on Beal, and you are an overpriced, heavy tax paying, non contending team. It, that's you know, a bad place to be. And it's a bad place to. So that's the dilemma. And again, people are saying here, like, do you want him or not want him? Yeah, you want him because he's good at basketball and he makes you better. However, you're not a contender because of Evan Fournier. That becomes your team. You have no cap flexibility. You're up against the hard cap, and you're not. You're likely not a contender. So your team is, it's a run it back team, you know? So when you do that, you kind of are taking yourself out of the running to make something splashy. And that's the risk in Fournier. Yeah. They might have to get creative here. Could yeah. you swing a sign and trade to a different location and bring in a guy on big expiring money for a team that's tied up against the tax? Uh, could you bring in an expiring contract like Joe Ingles, maybe send Fournier out there with more guaranteed years for less money in uh, Utah? The only threat, I don't know. I, th- I could see Charlotte maybe... Uh, sending some money his way, Sherrod. I know they got to address their center position more urgently, and I think that's yeah. where Miles Turner is going to end up. So I don't think they'll be in the mix. My only fear is do the Knicks, who have like seventy million in cap space, try to kick some of that space back to next year by signing Fournier to something silly like one year, twenty twenty five million or something like that, just to like bundle up that cap space and kick it to next year. That's not my only, concern. Yeah, because not only would they be you know kicking it to next year, but they become a major player the year after. So the, mm-hmm. the, the, that the Knicks, I think they have to be the team that sets 
things in motion because of the, the just the flexibility that they have. And to be candid, they can literally go out and get whoever they want to if that player wants to come to New York. Money is not an issue for them. They're, and that, if you're the Celtics, it's, it's just like you kind of have to kind of wait and see what the hell they do because they really do have the best hand in terms of getting deals done because of all that cap flexibility that they have. But that doesn't mean if you're the – what you're hoping for if you're Boston – is that the Knicks will do what the Knicks have consistently done, and that is spend <laughs> money wastefully, or or go get Demar Derozan. What <laughs> right or Demar Derozan? That'd be great. He would be awesome in New York. A perfect, perfect player for them. We'll get you twenty points. Probably isn't going to move the needle in terms of wins and losses, but a good, solid player. But you're hoping that the guys that if you're the Celtics that you know can really give you what you're looking for, the Knicks. The Hornets are just going to look in a different direction, which I think they will. Like, I don't think the Knicks and the Hornets are looking at Fournier and like, damn, I can't wait till we get started so I can go out and get me Evan Fournier. I don't think that's happening. But right. what his value to the Celtics, I think, is so much greater than it is to a lot of other teams that are going to be in position to make him an offer. What, what, what would you do, John? What do you think they're going to do? What would I do? Yeah. I'm I I hate being flip floppy here. It's so hard to see because you really need you really need to see. It's like I don't like to go into a restaurant and order without reading the menu. I don't want to just say I like chicken, you know, and get chicken. Like I want to see option A, B, C, D, E laid out in front to be able to pick one. You can't just say I want this guy because the domino effect of what it takes you out. Well, that's of, the tricky position, and that's what's tricky, and that's why it's right. That's why it's hard to be a GM is you do, you can't know. There is no perfect plan because you might not do something because you want to do something else. And the thing you want to do doesn't come to fruition, a.k.a., you know, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving staying, blah, blah, blah. You put your eggs in one basket and this is going to be great. And then I'll trade all my stuff and we'll have this super team with Kyrie and and and, and Hayward and Anthony Davis. And, you know, maybe even Tatum. Won't this be great? And nope, didn't happen. You know, you don't <laughs> none of that happens. So it's you know, I. I guess the safest thing to say is a bird in the hand situation. I don't think you can let talented players walk if you have an opportunity to bring them back at something that makes sense to you. I think it's they're hard. They're talking 13 million. I mean, it's a I little steep, but it's hard to accept. It's hard to accept for a lot of people in Celtics fans that your team might be pretty good, but not a contender. It's a shitty place to be knowing that like you're not in that upper echelon, but most teams kind of live there. If the alternative though is getting way worse without a plan and just hoping something gets better late, you can, you can clear the cap table if you're the Knicks or somebody and you have nobody on your roster, who you even not Knicks now, but Knicks a few years ago, you have no even one Knicks on your roster. <laughs> but I'm saying you have no one on your roster you care to keep. You have no one you care to offend, and you're just waiting to dump, throw piles of money at people in the hopes that they say yes. You can do that. You can't do that if you're the Celtics now because you have Tatum and Brown here, and you can't be a loser for two years, misfire in free agency, trade off all of your draft picks, not have anything to show for it, and just have these guys languishing, and then they become Portland. You know a what? know first round you can't have that happen uh because that's going to end badly you have to build the best team that you have so again i guess if you're asking me i think you got to extend rob i think you have to take the approach of sign fournier if the money is right extend rob 
and then see what happens. You know, hope that other people play themselves into bigger assets. And if you want to make a trade down the road, maybe you're able to do that. And if you're not, you're not. And it kind of stinks that like you have to accept that. But you let everybody walk on the hopes that you can just open it up, clear, clear the deck and that something big is going to come to you later. And then it doesn't come. You've got nothing left and you have you have no smart. You have no Fournier. You've renounced the rights to rob. You know what's left? So, it's a weak the, team. The Wizards did quietly go out and get Aaron Holiday tonight. You know, not not an earth-shattering move, but again, another sign that are they trying to possibly put a team together here for this next season here, have another prove-it year for Beal. It really feels like tonight was a turning point on the Beal front where both he and the Wizards look at this next year and say, all right, this is the last hurrah. Build something here. I'm gone next year. You're not going to trade me. I'm not going to ask out. We're just going to play this out to next offseason and see where it goes from there. And I think that's kind of the thing Beal has done his whole career there, Sherrod, right? Like he signs that extension two years ago. He was there the whole time before that. And everything you hear is that he's content being a wizard. Like he's getting antsy here, but he's willing to give them a lot of room for error, it feels like, in their team building process. Yeah, I think part of his thing is there's this there's this false sense of loyalty he has that organization mm-hmm. uh and i i think he really does need someone to be in his ear and to remind him that this is a business and you have a very limited window to be a great player in this league and you're getting pretty close to that to that the end of that road where you're going to be an elite player and if you have any visions of, of competing for a championship you need to get the hell out of town now because that team that they're putting together now that team is not going to win anything. Then, other than maybe another lottery ticket to the damn to the to next year's draft. So that puts the Celtics. Good. Yeah, and yeah, again, this plan that they're doing here is not going to work. Like Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Aaron Holiday. Like that team could be fine, but that, some of those parts probably isn't better than what Westbrook was doing for them late well, last when, year. When you say fine, incredible. Bobby, I think of like fine if you want to be contending to be in a playing game. Yes. That's what those guys <laughs> will do for you. And if that's your goal, which for Washington may very well be their goal, okay. That's the annual goal in D.C. <laughs> be the middle of the East. Exactly. But for, for like teams like Boston and Philadelphia and Indiana, and, and there's at least half a dozen teams in the East alone, that's not good enough. It's just not going to cut it. And I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at the patience that Bradley Bill has had with that Wizards organization. I mean, this is this has to be at least the maybe third or fourth rebuild that they've had since he's been there. And This could go to the deadline too, right? So Washington's sinking midway through the year. Maybe Boston's in kind of a mediocre spot again. All of a sudden at that point, maybe you start to think about, all right, Brown and Tatum aren't working here. Now might be the time to pivot toward that Beal thing. If we see again this year that there's some real friction on Boston's offense, a smart Brown, Tatum aren't working out as a trio there, that's when both sides might say, all right, let's see what we can work out here. Right. uh, Again, I'm not sure the pronunciation, if it's Bejarin, uh, hails from the same French commune and island as former Celtics wing. Mikhail Petrus. Mikhail Petrus. Yep. Guadalupe. That's how I guess. Guadalupe. Les Abim in Guadalupe. Um, and so that is that. Now I like the pick. <laughs> Love Mikhail. Loved him. Like Petrus a lot. He used to get mad, he used to get mad at me though because he thought I could get him like a discount on Comcast cable. I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember everyone, you. Everyone story. got 
everyone wanted that. And I, and everyone would ask me like, yeah, like what's wrong with my, how do I, and I'm like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't work for you guys wearing Comcast shirts. <laughs> no, they just there. I'm like, I don't work for the cable company. Like no, I, I do, you know, I have no, <laughs> <laughs> I would get that a lot. I'd get that a lot. Um, so not much has changed in Celtics the most land. boring draft night you could think of for the Celtics. Look, and, I, and I, honestly, like, we got quite a few people here with us, you know, uh, hanging out. So, uh, you know, people were looking for something, looking for a splash. Again, what bums me out about the draft, draft is always hope, you know. Um, you know, like, did we get somebody that's going to help us? You know, and, it, you know, here you are. It's uh, it's The answer is no. It's no. <laughs> the answer is no. The answer you is might you might never you, see a guy. You Juhan, pick 45, Juhan. you may, you may never see this guy ever in a in 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 a Celtics. He may uniform. live a great life in France or yeah. in America, right? <laughs> so that's what you got here. So let's not worry about it. But nothing happened big on any front here uh, in terms of anything that affects the Celtics uh, hugely, with the exception of the Westbrook trade and what that means for Beal's future in Washington. So nobody made a big move for a Beal. Nobody made a big move for Ben Simmons. Uh, everybody's just kind of holding and you're entering free agency here. Um, and there weren't any huge uh, trades here or anything that would kind of get in the Celtics way of, of, of building their roster. The question is now just going to come down to what's their plan. Uh, and, 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 and again, it, it comes fast and furious. You think Fournier last past Monday on, on last past six o'clock on Monday, I, well, I can't it took uh, – isn't the new tampering thing kicking this back a couple of days now? So might not be immediate as it used to yeah. from last off season. Like they got that like period now of negotiation and then the deals actually come through a few days later. I don't know. We'll see how it goes this time around. But things weren't flying right at 6 o'clock yeah. the way it usually well, is. And uh, D- Dave D makes a good point here. And we said this before, but just to reiterate it here – you know, if Golden State was going to make a move, they needed to make it beforehand. You know, once you knew that they were making their picks and keeping their picks, they're kind of off the table a little bit in terms of, um, you know, either Simmons or Beal for that matter, because they're for, they had two lottery picks. They don't have two lottery picks. They don't have lottery picks coming up next year. So they just lost two massive trade chips trying to make any sort of move. So we talk about what can the Celtics offer and what if it's multiple teams? Well, one of the biggest competitors here um, just lost two massive trade chips um, trying to make it work. So again, you're into Wiseman and Wiggins land um, for them. If you want to make that work, which again, might be something that, uh, that uh, that's enticing, but again, what does Beal want to do? I'm not really sure. Uh, Other than that, um, any other teams here you think massively improved tonight? Celtics competitors. I think Charlotte had a good night uh, for sure. Charlotte's coming fast. They're going to have a big off season. Yeah. They're they're well positioned to really improve their stat status in the East quickly. Yeah, no question. Yep. So I think they did um, for sure. Um, I don't know. You know, just kind the, of looking the, around the here. The Knicks are interesting. I didn't think Knicks, the Knicks are interesting. A, I didn't think they had a great night in terms of adding talent. But I think what they did is they gave everyone a clear sense of where their heads at, and that is they believe they're going to get some major players through free agency. Uh, the yeah. way that they just kept trading down and out and down and out in the draft, they don't want young players. They're, they're making it absolutely 100% clear that they plan to get impact 
veteran type players and they got the money to do it. So they didn't they don't have time to be dealing with with babysitting these you know late first round, early second round picks. They're trying to get ballers now. Yeah, that's what they do. Just keep kicking it down the road. <laughs> yeah, they did. So I mean, I definitely think that's a, that's a winner there. Orlando got a couple of good players for sure. Um, Suggs and Wagner. Um, they're five and eight. So, you know, again, you're talking about teams that are kind of, you know, nipping at that, you know, but you know, bottom rung there, you know, the seven, eight world. But I mean, you know, these are teams that are chasing the Celtics who, you know, I think certainly made moves chasing the Celtics, I mean, below where the Celtics would be in the East pecking order who are, you know, coming up and that's, what's going to happen. You know, you, you get your multiple lottery picks and obviously you've got a, a shot to, to build there. I, I do think the big loser tonight is golden state. Um, because I their think picks were a little puzzling. Their picks weren't yeah. their picks were puzzling, and also they really needed to do something, and they weren't able to do it. Um, so I don't know, you know, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I you know, it's you needed to help, you, you know, you're trying to get help for Curry and Thompson right away, and I don't think you did that tonight, uh, by not making a trade and by the players that they took. So, um, that's they're, they're on my losers board for tonight, yeah. You really yeah. thought tonight would be the BL night for them. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't come. That's it. So that's where we're at. Um, I'll tell you all, all at home here. Um, it's going to get really interesting really fast. So, again, we've had kind of a bit – I wouldn't say a sleepy offseason. We've had big moments, okay? Obviously, you had the massive front office shakeup. Um, you had uh, – Oh, yeah, it was interesting tonight, Hiring too. of a new coach. But it's really all going to get the, – the plan comes into effect – uh, Monday. Um, so, and again, Bobby, I'll let you get this in just programming note to everybody at home. We are going to be live Monday night with a free agent special, um, you know, uh, in and around uh, the, I think the free agency period starts at six. Is that yep. correct? On Monday. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're ready to go. Should there be breaking news, you know, stuff starts to leak prior to that. We will absolutely jump out here, uh, talk to you guys. We'll probably end up doing our Spotify green room on Monday as well. Uh, and, and talking to people as kind of things happen, that stuff could be happening while we're talking to y'all. So that, I think that that's good, but Bobby, what were you going to say about tonight? Uh, you do. <laughs> there is going to be that forever link at 16. You were watching that one. Oh, hard. your guy, and, right? Yeah. yeah uh, Alperin Sengen from Turkey. Uh, Kevin Pelton's number one overall prospect. Yeah, uh, that was an eyebrow that. raiser. That yeah. Everybody's saying Cunningham, and I know where he comes in with, oh, maybe Sengen's the guy. I think that was more like a statistical analysis because he had some monster years in Turkey. He's yeah. 19. He's just a physical force. He's playing there like, you know, among men for a couple of years and putting up very good numbers, you know, and so <laughs> – he was um, 270 pounds a couple of years ago, and it looks like he shed 30 pounds. Yeah. Has amazing footwork. The question is whether a low post guy like him is going to thrive in the NBA. Yes, he's, a, he's he's got you know elite post moves. You know, it's just not something you you see in people coming out. You know, or, or entering the NBA now as as their as their primary skill set. Yeah, but he was still very highly regarded, which is interesting. Is he going to be like a Panther? Is he going to kind of change the game a little bit here in terms of how he can play center? It's interesting. Um, it is interesting. That's it, yeah. Um, I do have, if you go back on our YouTube channel, I did five prospects, and my bonus pick was actually the guy the Celtics ended up drafting, uh, Juhan. So there was a little bit at the end there about him and the possibility of him coming to Boston. So you want to go check out and learn a little bit more about him, check out that video. I'll probably release as a segment on All Access standalone.
Yeah, do that. Um, and then, um, you know, we'll have more stuff coming out there. Brad Stevens is talking very soon. Um, is he? We'll have, oh, great. <laughs> we will be talking soon. So I'll let everybody hop off onto that, uh, jump in there, uh, ask Brad your questions. Uh, and we'll have that up on our uh, YouTube channel uh, as soon as Brad's done uh, talking. Uh, again, should there be anything developing later on tonight, we'll try to hop back up. But it feels like this, this night is over. It was kind of a, you know, uh, a sleepy, slow Celtics draft night. Uh, no major moves. Made their pick at 45. Draft and stash player. Uh, pronounce it for me one more time. Juhan Bejarin. Bejarin. Go um, from France, 19-year-old, 6'4", 6'5", guard, uh, with uh, super solid athleticism, tremendous wingspan, uh, and his uh, offensive game. I guess needs a little bit of refinement. That's the rough scouting report. As Bobby said, he's got a little bit more in-depth stuff there uh, on our YouTube channel. So you can check that out. Um, as always, thank you. Uh, we love having you guys in the comments here. Uh, make sure you give everybody a follow. Sherrod Blakely, of course. Uh, Real Bob Manning, John underscore Zanis. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, and so, of course, Celtic CLNS. Um, we'll notify you when we go live and you guys will have uh, programming notes. Guys, final thoughts here? No, just what lots of activity, do? lots what of minor things. I think like the first eight picks of the second round were all moved uh, to, to somewhere else. So yeah. that was really good to see. But, you know, a lot of little fireworks, a lot of flickers, but we definitely didn't have the flames or the kind of sizzle I think a lot of us were hoping for. Yeah. But that's what free agency is for, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Juan Begaran. Instead of somebody put it in the pronouncer here, we're, we're, we're going to pronounce it wrong a bunch of times, but I promise the first time I hear it. Oh, I'll get my it. Lord, that YouTube. Uh, you don't want to watch that, John. That was bad. Me I've worked with earlier. a lot of I've, <laughs> I've worked with some TV anchors uh, who no matter how many times you say it to them. How about they, Perk earlier? They, Moses Moody. It was like Moody, Moses, 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 Moody. That Moody. happens to everybody. <laughs> but there, there are some people who can't hear. But it went on for about like 90 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, I've worked with some people. You got to put it in the prompter phonetically, and they still can't for the light. Their brain just won't get there. I I guarantee you, I hear it once, I will get it, and I'll never mispronounce it again. You but, heard that, Sherrod, right from Perk? Yeah. Yes. Bo that moody, was moody, great. Moody, Moody, Moody. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, is, who who the hell is he talking about? The best part about it is he didn't just stop for a second and take a breath. He just he just plowed right. I was that's, like, I'm gonna. But just... that's such a Perk thing to do, though. That is so Perk. Yeah. I'm not slowing oh, down. I'm not pivoting. I'm just going straight down this damn hill until we get to the end. Yep. Yeah. Damn it. Perk was Love strong that. on the draft. Got to give it to him as always. Some really, some really depressed guys in the chat. So, guys, come on. Everybody come chill. Come on. This is so classic Celtics fans getting upset about the 17th man on the roster. I know. It's up to Yam. It's up to Yam. Get excited about Jan. Uh, oh, He's coming. Yeah. Brad's coming up right now, so we're going to duck out, guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, check out all our stuff on the YouTube channel. We'll have some breakdowns from the stuff we did earlier tonight, as well as Brad Stevens' presser. Of course, Bobby Manning's uh, very poorly pronounced but highly analytical video <laughs> of the Celtics' first-round draft pick. Uh, you can catch that there, too. Uh, for Sherrod, Bobby, John Zanis, we will see you guys uh, Monday, if not sooner. Good night, all. Good night.